0: Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Mountains of Magic podcast, your place for Walt Disney World planning tips and tricks. But today, we're leaving the world and we're going over to the West Coast. And this is episode 122, Southern California Trip Report. (music) friends. Happy Friday to you. Hope it has been a great week. Thanks for being here and listening in. I am your host, Danielle. And if you are new here, so glad that you are with me listening and took a recent trip to Southern California and Disneyland. And that's what I'm going to be sharing all about today. Also, if you're a longtime listener, please take a second to go leave a rating or review. I greatly appreciate it. And it helps others to find the podcast. So wherever you're listening, scroll on down, find the stars, and I would appreciate the more that you're willing to give me. But last week, my family spent the entire week, it was my kiddos' fall break um, in Southern California, and we ended the week at Disneyland. And so today, I'm just going to kind of trip recap for you, hopefully give some helpful tips and helpful hints, things like that, um, that might help you for your own upcoming travels with children, solo, or if you yourself want to get out to Disneyland and experience that, um, and you're a first timer like I was, hopefully you can get some useful nuggets there. But I am pretty much just going to uh, go through my camera roll here to kind of lead and guide me from our adventures. But we do need to have a short conversation before I get into us actually leaving for the trip. All right. So if you're listening to this in the future, our trip was the first week of October in 2023. So great fall time. Um, We left on a Friday evening. So the kids did their full day at school. Um, You know, everybody kind of had a half day at work and then we left out. Um, I kept second guessing that decision after I booked it because we weren't going to be getting into we flew into L.A. from Nashville. It was just cheaper than flying direct into San Diego or any other airports kind of in the Southern California um, area. And I have a Southwest credit card. I have points. So that's really what led the whole trip was I had enough points to get us all there for free. Um, And that was kind of the deciding factor and the biggest coercion that I had for my husband to get out there. But the week before we or the week that we were supposed to be leaving on that Friday, it just came with all the things. Y'all had a family member in the hospital needed to kind of give and help with care for that person. While, you know, the week before you leave for vacation is also very much like, oh, I have to do all the things. Um, And then Wednesday night at like three o'clock in the morning, our son wakes us up vomiting and you know, when it first happens, you're like, okay, fingers crossed. This is like a one-time fluke. And we waited a few hours. No, come to find out he had the stomach bug. And here's how the stomach bug tends to work at my house. One person gets sick and the next day, the next person is sick. And the next day, one or the rest of the people are sick. We've never had the stomach bug here and not all gone down. So I didn't have all those days because this was, Thursday morning, technically, and we were supposed to leave Friday evening um, for California. So when I tell you, like, I went to Instagram, anything anyone told me could possibly help, I did. Um, I think the real winners were Welch's grape juice, lots of prayer, and activated charcoal. So those would be my three. But thank the Lord, you know, no one else got sick. My son, it was a really kind of quick, you know, 18, 24 hour thing. He was feeling better. And y'all, we bought grape juice as soon as we got to California as well. (laughs) We were drinking that just to be safe. But everyone else ended up all right. So it was very much like time for a vacation by the time we actually got going Um, and just super thankful that everyone was healthy. So our flight out there, it was a direct flight. Um, It was a little bit delayed, but thankfully everything went pretty smoothly getting to L.A. Um, The kids, it was their first flight, so they enjoyed it sitting by the window. All of that was great. First tip I have for you is if you are flying into LAX. So I'd heard it was like a bit of a pain, but here's my viewpoint on LAX. Yes, I know it's a giant airport, but it is split up into like seven or eight different terminals so when you're at your one little like Southwest terminal it really doesn't feel that big so I was not overwhelmed by the size of the airport because I was just in my little space now here's what was new and overwhelming um because we were getting in it wasn't that late it was probably like nine thirty ten o'clock maybe a little before that LA time. But in Nashville, we're two hours ahead. So it was getting to be like 11 midnight our time. We were pretty tired. I didn't want to, I didn't take the time to look in to see if our hotel had like an airport shuttle situation, because I really didn't want to have to be like waiting on a shuttle. I just wanted to get to the LA airport, call an Uber, have them pick us up and get where we needed to go like immediately. Because in my mind, the Uber situation was going to be a faster route. Um, Other airports I've been to, it's kind of been clearly marked like a rideshare pickup location, whether that's on a different floor or just a different spot for arriving flights. You go there, you call your Uber, you're good to go. So we walk outside of the LA airport after we get our bags. And I'm trying to order an Uber. And it's like, no, you can't do this. You must go to like the Uber location, and we're looking at signage. I'm standing where I think Ubers are picking people up, and that is incorrect. So, turns out you have to go to a section, um, and I think they probably have one at each terminal, called LAX. IT. it, And this is this separate little area outside of like the arrivals people, you know, like grandma picking you up, where there's, oh my gosh, there's Lyft, there's Uber, there's taxi cabs, um, and you have to be over in that space to even call your Uber, let them know what number you're by, and get picked up. Now, this was not a horrible trek. Like I said, we kind of exited the airport building per se, and it was right there beside it. I knew if you were picking up a rental car, that was like a shuttle you had to take. The rental car situation is not in the same building as, you know, the terminal, the airport, but we weren't getting our rental car there. So I didn't know about all this separation. So it was probably only like a five minute walk for us to get over to this spot. They actually also had little shuttle buses. But it was just, we were tired. Me and my husband get a little sassy when we're tired like that. We don't know where we're going. Um, So just keep that in mind. If you're flying into LAX, you never have been. You're trying to get an Uber. For us in, I believe, Southwest, we were in Terminal 1. We had to walk like, far, far left to find this location. But you're looking for LAX it. There are signs, but we didn't know what LAX it was. So that's why we were so confused. But once we got to our Uber, um, our hotel, we stayed at the Hilton Los Angeles International Airport, I think Hilton LAX. And um, was totally pleased with it. The rooms themselves were nothing really to write home about, but it was nice. We were just staying there for the night. The lobby there was like really pretty grand. They had like a little quick service location where you could grab food all during the day. And they brewed Starbucks coffee. They also had like a sit down restaurant. And the reason that I really went for this place was because they had a Hertz rental car facility in the hotel. So it saved us a day of rental car and it saved us from having to pick up our rental car that night. Now, this was six minutes from the airport and our Uber on a Friday night cost us over $20. So that's just something to keep in mind. Looking back, I would have rather done that airport shuttle that it did turn out existed. Um, but yeah, you live, you learn, no worries. We had a very exciting six minute drive. We were with our Uber driver and kind of pulling up to this light and all of a sudden like a road work truck just like completely blocks the light off and puts cones down and we had to like go around it like in the dirt. I don't know. It, it was crazy. But uh yeah, so we had a very exciting six minute drive, got dropped off at our Hilton LAX. Again, great hotel, great amenities for, you know, what we needed and really close to the airport. So decent price point there. I always with my hotels will check back, you know, couple weeks up to the week before whatever the cancellation policy is. And I found a lower price on this one. So saved us like 30 bucks I think in all so that was really nice but yeah we stayed there just for Friday evening and then we I actually found the lowest price with Hertz rental cars Um, I'd never used them before but everything went smoothly. It was substantially less expensive for us to have the car for a week. I'm normally like an enterprise rental person. um, But like I said, this just worked out. It was at the hotel and it saved us from having to get the car Friday night and pay for that. Um, So that was really nice. Literally the garage and the cars you pick up are just right there in that same hotel building. So that made it super duper convenient. But Saturday morning, we got up, we got our rental car. um, And the plan was to drive down to San Diego. That's kind of where we were going to be spending the first part of the week. But I wanted to do a little Disney nostalgia sightseeing. So first thing we did when we left our hotel was we drove over to Griffith Park, which is in LA. LA is a giant city, which I knew, but when you're driving through it for like 45 minutes and still in like downtown, I'm just not used to that. Like downtown Nashville, you know, in like 10 minutes one direction, you're kind of out of the true downtown. LA is not like that. Um, But we got over to Griffith Park. This is also where the Griffith Observatory is where you can see the Hollywood sign. And we were kind of planning to do that. But this was like one of the few days in Southern California that it rains and I'll be honest we got there it like drizzled rain all day Saturday and I was like um, excuse me husband you told me not to bring ponchos or umbrellas or anything because you said it didn't rain and that was thank goodness the only day that it rained on us but it rained all day. Um, so we like drive up to the observatory, parking is really hard to find, you have to kind of just, the lot's pretty much full, you have to try to find it like on your way up the hill to the observatory, and so we pretty much like got up there, looked out the car window, saw the Hollywood sign, and that was that. We didn't park, we didn't stay, um. Mm -hmm. The one place that we did actually stop and get out in Griffith Park, which was an all-for-me thing, is the carousel that's there. Um, It's where Walt would bring his daughters on the weekends. They would have like daddy-daughter time. He would bring them to the carousel, like sit on a bench there. And that's supposedly where he got the idea for Disneyland and a park that parents and kids alike could enjoy. You know, adults, kiddos, all ages. So I wanted to go see that. It's very very unexciting because they have the whole thing like boarded up. You don't see any horses. You don't see any carousels. You just see like the outside of the building. But for nostalgia's sake, I wanted to go. There's a few little plaques up about Walt. Um, they actually took, I think, one of the benches out of there and took it to Disneyland. Um, but it was just cool to see. And if you happen to be in Griffith Park, which is giant, like they even have their own zoo, we by no means like scratch the surface. But I think there's also like a barn of Walt Disney's where he like did train stuff. So if you're there for like a Disney nostalgia, there's plenty of things to see in Griffith Park. But after we left there, we started driving down to Southern California. Um, we were technically staying in Del Mar, but did a lot of hanging out around San Diego. So hopped in the rental car and spent, you know, early part of Saturday, Saturday afternoon driving down. We stopped in a cute little town called Carlsbad. Um, And I should have said this earlier. This was everyone in my family's first time in California, period. So we didn't know a lot. Um, But we stopped in Carlsbad. Super cute. We ate at a little Mexican restaurant there. And this is a very like nice little walkable town. We got some gelato. There's shops. Um, There's like the train that goes right through. And so it was really cool. We walked down to the ocean. So again, our first experience with the Pacific Ocean, it's drizzling rain. It is we freezing cold. We are not in beachy attire. So, you know, people are taking off their socks, rolling up their pant legs, whatever. Um, But it was really cool. We had a good time exploring that little city. And if you're looking for something like that where, you know, you can walk around, do different things, would definitely recommend Carlsbad. All right. Then we made it to Del Mar, which is the city where we were staying just a little north of San Diego. We stayed at a Hilton Homewood Suites, was really, really happy with this. I'll be honest, I had a hard time booking a hotel um, just for kind of that San Diego area, you know, not wanting a super low price point, not wanting anything super high, trying to read reviews online and figure out what was going to be, you know, a good spot. But I was really happy with this. With the Homewood Suites, you get like a full little kitchen. You get a sofa bed, like TV living room situation and separate bedroom with two queen beds and a bathroom. That's what we had. Um, and that was a great setup. Everybody kind of had plenty of space. We had the fridge um, for snacks and stuff like that. So it was really happy. Homewood Suites, Del Mar, would definitely recommend them. And then that night, we kind of made a target run to get like bottles of water. One of the memorable moments on the trip, you know, we don't know where we are. I just put in Target in the GPS and send us to the closest one. Turns out it was on the campus of University of California, San Diego, like in their... Like student university building, so not even for us to go in. Nowhere to park. It just like dead ends us in front of you know their like food court area, and we're like, okay, this is not where we can go to Target. So we had to find a neighboring one, but that was exciting. Um, one thing to kind of notice all through Southern California is just the different like train systems and public transports. That was cool to see. There were even some like right on the coastline, right by the beach Um, and just different because that's not anything that we really have, you know, in Tennessee. Uh, So the next morning, what is it now? Now it's Sunday. We went down to San Diego to the USS Midway. My husband was in the Navy, so that is a naval aircraft carrier um, that he wanted to, you know, see. So we did the tour of that. That was super fun. Another benefit in San Diego in October is that they have kids free San Diego. So a lot of things like the USS Midway, um, the zoo, uh, there's some deals at Legoland. Kids can get in free. So that was a really, really nice perk. So we did the museum that morning, and then we drove over to Coronado. because I wanted to see um, the Hotel Del Coronado, it's its own little separate island um, right near San Diego. So that was beautiful to see. That hotel actually inspired the Grand Floridian. And when you go over there, you'll see why. The rooftops, different things like that are super cool. And there's, you know, little shops. We ate lunch at a place over there called The Islander. Um, but again, any little cities like that where you can walk, do shops, do lunch. I'm a big fan of those. Um, So, yeah, we ate. We did the hotel. Then this was just our busy sightsee day. We drove up to La Jolla, which is a little north of San Diego, because this is where you can normally go and see the seals. You'll see pictures of like tons of them. There's a spot called the Children's Pool. That's where we went. We saw two seals okay so maybe we weren't technically in the right spot maybe the seals were just you know not there for that time of year that time of day whatever it was but we saw two but the kids had a great time it's very rocky over there but there are like some steps and handrails and so we kind of went down were there on the beach and they just played around in the water played on the rocks um, and we hung out there for a while so So that was a lot of fun to just kind of explore. All right, now we've made it to Monday of our trip, and this was the day that we chose to go to the San Diego Zoo. Again, great benefit being in San Diego in October. The kiddos are free, um, and this is a really big zoo with kind of a more hefty admission cost. I will say the San Diego Zoo also has a safari park that I think is about 40, 45 minutes away. We did not do that, but for my Disney folks... oh gosh, if you're listening, you're a Disney folk. Kind of thing like Animal Kingdom safari is what I was told. But we just did the zoo. Um, We got there pretty early. It's crazy to me how this zoo is like right in the middle of a neighborhood. Like the fencing at the zoo backs up to this middle school. Like how cool would it be to go to middle school like at the zoo literally like you hit a tennis ball too hard it like hits a lion okay um but really cool when we first walked in the zoo they have a little bus tour and so first thing that threw me off at the zoo is they drive buses right through the middle of the zoo like where the people are um Yeah, so that was weird. There were there's a that bus tour that goes around, but then there's also just internal kangaroo buses that will take you from point A to point B. So yeah, especially when you first walk in, it gets a little more like sidewalky, roady. Later on in the zoo, we're kind of like there's a clear spot for the people, clear spot for the bus. But I felt like right at the entrance, it was not that way, and it was like people don't get hit by the bus. Um, But we took that bus tour first. It was kind of cool, sort of rode around. The perimeter of the zoo showed you some of the different main areas and sort of let you get your bearings for kind of how things worked. Um, And then we just kind of started off walking. Now, they obviously have maps. They also have an app that will kind of like track you. But Y'all, this zoo made me really appreciate how Disney parks are laid out um, because I feel like with your Disney park, there's always like a central area you can come back to that weenie as they're called. Like, where's the tree of life? Where's the castle? Um, where's, you know, Tower of Terror or whatever? Where's the where's spaceship Earth? So I can kind of orient myself to where I was in the park. That's not How San Diego Zoo is. Uh, They have a rudimentary version of a skyliner, you could call it, that we rode that was maybe a little rickety and scary that'll get you from front and back to the park. That was cool to kind of have that aerial view. Um, But we had a great time. There is a ton of exhibits there, lots of interactive things. We were there on a Monday, but I will say there had to be tons of people in the zoo, but because it's so big, you really can go to certain areas and feel like you're kind of on your own or there's not many people there. So that was nice. There's play areas, there's 4D shows, there's plenty of food and snacks. So it was a good time. We didn't stay quite as long as I expected. We were all kind of done not long, you know, after lunch, maybe one thirty, two o'clock or so, but it's really cool. There's a lot of hype for it because it is a great zoo. But I would just say the navigation, even with maps, even with like GPS in the in the middle, the outer edges of the zoo. Yeah, it's pretty easy to like know where you are, what area you're going to. But like at one point, we were trying to find gorillas or something. And we're having lots of trouble and going through the same aviary multiple times. Um, But yeah, especially if you can get down there in October when the kids are free. um, I think it's a really good value in that way. And then that night we went and met up with my husband's cousin, his wife and his aunt. um, And we ate at a little place called Baja B. What's it called? Hold on. Baja Beach Cafe. This was in Pacific Beach. Um, This was a really cool spot, like right on the water, see the sunset, um, very like casual, laid back, great seafood, drinks, all of that kind of stuff. Um, I will say Pacific Beach is definitely more of your locals beach. So you had people there who looked like they'd been there all day, throwing the football at night, maybe not the safest place I felt like I'd ever been, just throwing that out there. Um, The other spots we had been, though, Carlsbad, Coronado, La Jolla, those were much more like touristy kind of hip spots, that kind of thing. Pacific Beach, like I said, much more like locals. So take that for whatever you're looking for, whatever vibe you're going for. and then. Tuesday was our last day in San Diego, and this was just like a true kind of beach day for us. The kids hadn't been able to like get in the water with swimsuits, although I will say the water is freezing cold, Um, but they loved it. They had a great time, so we went over there in the morning, let them play in the water, play in the sand, that kind of stuff. Um, We just went over to Del Mar Beach because we were in Del Mar. It was really close, and this may be common knowledge, but if you're like me and you've never been to California and my frame of reference for the beach is like Florida, the Gulf, like that's where I grew up going to the beach. That's what I know predominantly. Um, we lived in Jacksonville for a while. So I know a bit, a little bit of Jacksonville, St. Augustine, but like in Florida, there's hotels on the beach and A lot of the beaches are private, like you've got to be staying at that hotel or that condo. you got to have a code to get onto the beach. If not, if it's a public spot, like you're paying to park, all of that stuff. California is not like that. Um, at least where we were, we almost always found free parking. The beaches are all public. You just find a spot and onto the beach you go. There's not really, you know, all these high-rise hotels on the beaches. There are people's homes or there sometimes are restaurants here and there, but it's definitely a very different vibe and different kind of beach area than I was really used to. Um, For the afternoon, we met up with my cousin and her husband um, and had lunch with them at a spot called, I don't know how to say it, um, One Pack. Paseo maybe in Del Mar. This was just a really cute little spot. You like parked in the parking garage. There were lots of great restaurants, places for dessert, um, a few little shops. So we ate at like a little kind of make your own Greek spot with them, sat outside. It was beautiful. Um, So that's a cool little spot to check out. Also, there's a little like not a shopping mall, but kind of like a little shopping center right across the street from that um, with shops, restaurants. We ended up there for dinner one night just on our own. Ate at a spot called Urban Plate. I thought that was really good. Um, Kind of... I don't know, like little upscale cafe thing, meet in three situation, but some really great options. So that's a cool little area of Del Mar to check out if you are there. Um, but yeah, we had lunch with them and then we ended up going back to the beach for the evening, let the kids play for a little bit. And then we ate at a spot called Monarch in Del Mar. It's not right on the beach, but it's like raised up pretty high. So you can still see the water, even though you're like a block or two over um, Um, So that was a fun spot and we kind of finished up early for the night because I needed to get my crew up early on Wednesday morning to get to Disneyland. All right, friends, I talked a little longer than I thought I would about our Southern California adventure. So I'm going to pause the episode right here. Come back next week and I will give you the full in-depth, full of tips recap of our Disneyland stuff. But if you're heading to Southern California, or you just want to, you know, dream of getting there one day, I hope you got some useful tips in this episode. So I'll be back next week with Disneyland on part two of this trip report. But as always, I thank you so much for listening. And if you want to travel anywhere in the U.S., wherever you want to go, I would love to help you out with planning that and booking any of your amenities. So as always, thanks so much for listening, friends, and hope you have a magical day. (music) Bye-bye.